Welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, Chemeketa's president. And I'm Les Wilgus. To start today's program, I'd like to talk about veterans. For listeners out there who are veterans and considering going to college, you'll want to take notes during this episode because we're going to have some really important information. Great idea, Les. Grab your paper and pen because our first guest today is Angela Archer from Chemeketa's Veterans Resource Center. Welcome to chatting, Angela. Thank you, Les and Jessica. I'm super excited to be here and I'm always super excited to talk about our veterans. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why working at Chemeketa's Veterans Resource Center is so meaningful to to you. Yeah, so I graduated with my bachelor's in uh, biology health sciences at Oregon Institute of Technology. And um, during my time there as a student leader, I realized really what my true passion was is helping students and really helping students like find their higher education goals and and make their successes. And so then I did my master's at Kansas State University in academic advising. So I had a degree that fit what I wanted to do. And um, Well, as soon as I was done with my bachelor's degree, I was working at Oregon Tech in their advising, testing, tutoring. um, Like the the center there at OIT? Yeah, Yeah. Oregon Tech Student Success Center. And then I moved over into their TRIO program, and I worked in TRIO for years after that. Um, And until 2017, I came here to Chemeketa and found my new home because community college is really where it's at for me, um, serving all students And in 2021, I was lucky enough to be offered to be able to serve our student veterans and military connected uh, students as well. And so since then, I've been working really hard to make sure that we have all the resources and services that they need to be successful. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like these students are the ones who have given everything for this country. And the least that I can do is try to dedicate some anything that I can to help them be successful. It's a really difficult transition to go from military to civilian life and even more difficult transition, right, to go from being a civilian and then you're a student. And how do you do that? And so making sure that they have what they need to be successful here is always what I'm trying to do. You said trio. I think I heard that before, but what does it stand for? Yeah, so that's actually how I came to Chemeketa was in the trio department here at Chemeketa. It doesn't stand for anything. Okay. Um, It came from the civil rights movement. (laughs) Yes, it started as three programs, Ah, which is how we got trio. Now there's nine, and we're still trio. (laughs) (laughs) Is that nano or nine? It's terrific (laughs) retention in, I don't, I'm trying to make it an acronym, and I'm having some trouble. (laughs) we don't need any more acronyms. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We, we really don't. But So you came to us as a TRIO advisor or person yep. within the TRIO program advising students. Yes. Okay. And then, so what was it that made you think about serving veterans in particular? Or was it just sort of an opportunity that made well, itself available? I mean, Oregon Tech used to be a a military school when it first was founded. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, 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 Did you I, I know, know I know didn't know that, but I don't know much of anything. <laughs> it's in its like way history, but that's yeah. how it was founded was as a military school. No huh. kidding. Yes. But we have really, Oregon Tech stayed with like serving veterans. Mm-hmm. And even as my role in TRIO, we always had, or, you know, we were recruiting vets to be in there. And that was one of the things I missed when I came here was I didn't have a lot of veterans in our TRIO program. Mm. And so I worked with John Trazis, who was
was the um, head of veteran services before me. And we were trying to, you know, how do we get our vets in here to get the services and the resources that we offer to help them be successful? And we worked really hard to try to get as many as we could into TRIO. But it, you know, it's just always kind of been a little bit of a struggle. And then when he left the college, they gave me the opportunity. And I'm not a vet myself, but I have a lot of family members and friends who have served. And so that's why I say, like, it's just as a passion for me to be able to serve them. And anything that I can do for them is so. So, Angela, tell Les, what is it, like, what? What our Veterans Resource Center is it a place? Yes, it's an awesome place, and I am Thank super you. excited. You know, because usually Jessica wants to just I thought she wanted me to sign up to the military now or something <laughs> to become a vet to go through her, but at least she didn't do that much. Your so, please, country wants you, <laughs> yes, maybe not anymore, but well, uh, no, always, yeah, always. um, no, and. A lot of times my vets will come in and be like, this is just like a VSO. So for those of you listening, like if you've been to the VSO, it's kind of what you can expect when you come into our VRC. Um, We always have coffee because that is a staple. (laughs) Um, Have lots of snacks and we have lunches and some breakfasts and just something to help make you feel comfortable. But we the heart of our VRC is our PAVE student leaders. So PAVE is peer advising for veteran education. So these are veteran students who have come to give back to the veteran community to make sure that veterans who come in after them, they know how to get started. They know they have somebody who's got their back, right? And so they're there from, hey, this is how you maneuver from military life to civilian life. This is how you get into college. And this is how you figure out what major you wanna do and what career and you know what you just want to talk and have somebody listen who gets it i'm here for you so they're always in the center we always have at least two um, pave advisors in the center at any given time and this winter we're actually able to expand our hours so monday through thursday we will be open from nine to four friday we'll be open 10 to 2 and i tell you if we have more people (laughs) visiting after two o'clock on fridays i will open it longer (laughs) so so these these pave advisors are they actual students who are enrolled themselves yes um all of them are students in various paths at the college um i have one who is he's completing his ged and i have another one who just completed his associate but doesn't want to leave so he's going to stay with us for the next year and then various different areas with all of the others so they know what it's like to be a student vet and they know what it's like to make this transition so they're there to help with tutoring in different subjects because they're all in different majors at the college they're there to help with like hey how do I register for these classes or how do I find these resources and it's resources that Chemeketa offers and then it's resources that are just in the community we've had had a number of students who have faced houseless issues and you know there's a lot of community services out there that can help with that and our paved mentors know exactly who to connect them with for different situations so it's kind of like resources whatever you need is it related to your academic journey here is it related to life is it 
right? Whatever it could be, any of yes. those things. And so these the paved mentors are connecting them to any of those resources. Yes. And then you know I've been in the in the actual center, and it's always super like warm and friendly, and there's like all kinds of flags and patriotic yes. stuff up. I mean, it's really cool. And there's aren't there some computers too? And there's like free printing and yes. all of that. So you can actually work in there. Oh yeah, and we okay. have students come in and do their homework. The free printing, the computers are huge for students, but also we have faculty who will come in and do office hours in the VRC. Ooh. Yeah, um, Jorge is a big one who had dedicated a lot of time in the VRC and he tutors students on biology. You know, oh, oh you're having questions about this? Let's figure it out together. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of faculty and staff who have dedicated themselves to serving the veterans in that way. That's super nice, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I were exchanging information not long ago, and I was trying to figure out how many veterans we tend to serve at Chemeca. And I think one of our high point numbers for fall term was like 400 and something. Wow. And that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And that's, you know, across our district, but it, it fluctuates. But um, it just seems like, you know, even though we don't have what I would call a huge military community here, because we don't have a military base here, it seems like we have a healthy number of students who could use the support. Yeah. And I just was getting my paved caseload ready for winter term and already we have over 250 student veterans registered for winter so we're oh, I'm wow. getting them signed up to their specific peer advisors so that they have somebody who's consistently doing outreach right they're they're reaching out to them at least once a week to check in hey how are things going because it, you're right Jessica it is it's a holistic approach right. right it's not just about how are your classes going how's life going you know <laughs> and especially for these students sometimes it's like you know there is a car backfire and it it totally derailed the day yeah. and they really just need to be able to like, come and be in a safe space. I have a question because a lot of the veterans who come to us are using benefits like GI Bill type yes. benefits or you know different kind of ways of funding mm-hmm. that derive from their service. Yes. And I think that's that can has a potential to be really confusing, I would think. Now, can you explain I mean, do we offer insight around that? Yeah, and actually whenever it comes to like the GI Bill, you know, chapter 35 chapter 33 I'm always like let's connect with Cy Hill he's Chemeketa's veteran certifying official and he is the expert on all things veteran funding but I also tell all veterans like yes you're getting this VA funding also let's do the FAFSA Mm. because you may be eligible for FAFSA FAFSA yeah so F-A-F-S-A so free application for federal student aid and that's how you get grants you can, you know loans if you need it but most of my vets on the VA don't need loans but they can get grants but also a lot of scholarships require you to have the FAFSA completed in order to get the scholarships and I'm always hey free money is free money take it all as sure. you know as much as you can get because it can help with not just you know the tuition and fees but there's books associated fees or you know there's housing costs and I mean let's face it we're in the Willamette Valley housing costs are huge and any assistance that they can get with those to make sure that that isn't something that's weighing on their mind, taking away from their time with their schooling is is beneficial. Yeah, completing that financial aid paperwork is one of the biggest barriers because it's a process and you have to pull information from your tax returns and things like this, but it's the way that you access federal benefits. So people who are on Pell benefits, grants, loans, federal work study, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff depends upon you completing that FAFSA and it is not necessarily for the faint of Although they are issuing a new one this year that's supposed to be a lot easier, but it's still, it's a a hurdle to jump. So I'm really glad that that our veterans get that kind of help. Do you find people in the Veterans Resource Center who aren't yet students? Yes. 
Really? Yeah, veterans will come in just because they've heard about the place. We do a lot of partnerships with all of the organizations around Willamette Valley. And so they'll tell them, hey, if you're even thinking about it, go to Chemeketa, <laughs> Building 2, Room 116, check them out. There's somebody there that's going to help you. And so they'll just wander and be like, hey, somebody told me to come check yeah. it out. And so we can talk to them about being a student. Every spring, we do our veteran career fair. And again, you know, partnership with WorkSource. So we make sure that they're getting, how, how do you take your military experience and translate that into a civilian resume and cover letter? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of experience, but it's how you say it that matters. Of course. Yeah. And um, so we do, as part of our veteran career fair, we do a piece of it that's like, okay, let's get your resume and cover letters ready. Let's figure out, like, what employers are you interested in seeing at this career fair? And we make sure that we only ask employers to come to this event who are actively engaged in hiring veterans. Oh, okay. To make yeah. sure that those are the ones who are ready to hire our student veterans. I just think that the Veterans Resource Center, which is a relatively new identity-based center for students in Oregon, it came about because of some state legislation, yes. to see how it has taken root here at Chemeketa and become such a, a vibrant part of our student experience. It's just been incredible. And I think a lot of it has to do with your leadership, Angela. And I really want to appreciate you for that. And for all of our listeners, if you have questions about what we've just covered or comments about today's show, please write to us at chatter at chemeketa.edu and we'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. I just want to appreciate you, Angela. So happy that you took some time out of your day. I'm sure the people in the VRC are wondering where you went and they want you back right away. But just really appreciate you coming in to chat with us today. Well, thank you both for having me. It was great to be here. And like I said, anything that I can do for our student veterans, please reach out. Sounds great. Thanks, Angela. Uh, Let's take a quick break now and stay tuned. Are you ready to start a new career path? In just nine months, you can complete a certificate in dental assisting at Chemeketa Community College. There's a great demand for trained dental assistants in our area, and starting wages are very competitive. What are you waiting for? Visit go.chemeketa.edu slash dental and find your pathway at Chemeketa Community College. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. You know, living in Oregon, we don't often get to see the stars much because of the cloudy skies, but less. Did you know you can always see the stars at a special location at Chemeketa? No, I did not, but uh, this is something I do need to know about, so please do give me some intergalactic vision. (laughs) I will, Les. Chemeketa is home to... A planetarium. We are one of just a handful of planetarium sites in Oregon. And to tell our listeners all about it, we've invited Chris Claysmith, one of our fabulous faculty members, to the program. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hello, and thank you for having me. Uh, Chris, I did not realize, and I really did not realize, that Schmeckler had a planetarium. So it's exciting to me. Uh, Is this new? No, it's actually pretty (laughs) old as far as things go. Um, Our planetarium was actually installed all the way back in 1977 uh, as part of a greater push to actually install those other handful of planetariums uh, also in, uh, in Oregon. And my predecessor, Tom McDonough, was actually the first curator, and he also taught physics and astronomy here before I came on uh, as a full-timer back in 2014. 
1977. I don't think I it was is. alive back then, Les. And uh, <laughs> yeah. laugh, laugh, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we don't know. But, but, we don't know. We never you, talked about age here. No, but, no uh, age. But you know what? Um, but it was sort of a time when um, when planetariums were created and and not uncommonly on college campuses. I worked at another institution that had a planetarium. It was same approximate, you know, like age. And something that was really, really popular in terms of community outreach and getting students in. And yes. it's just a really neat experience. Can you tell us about how our planetarium has been used through the years? Yeah. Um, so our planetarium uh, is one of the major like outreach opportunities that we have for uh, the science department here at Chemeketa. And so we do kind of two different types of shows. Um, every Friday during the regular school term, we have our Friday night shows. Because wow. they're on Friday nights. And uh, those generally start at about 7.30. Um, it's $4 for students and $5 for everyone else. And that is where we get to showcase all of our cool technology. Um, we actually have three projectors. Um, wow. A standard one, which we do kind of pictures on. Then we have our Spit Star projector, which was the one installed back in 77. And Knock on Wood is uh, still going to be going on all the way to 2077, if I get my way. And yeah. that's where we do the actual star study, projecting the stars onto this giant dome. And wow. then when I f actually first started back in 2014, we got a new digital full dome projector. Wow. So we were actually able to do full dome uh, like presentations on a number of different astronomy mm. subjects. And so this is um, Friday nights. And how long does it last? About an hour or about so? About an hour. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yep, just about what, an hour. What time? are the Friday night shows. So, 7.30? Yep. We kick the doors open at about 7.10, and then we close the doors because it gets really <laughs> dark, and we need to lock them at around 7.30. Wow. Uh, so have you, so you have not been to one of these shows. No, I haven't. There's so much schmeck I need to catch up on, but I I need to do that. Well, so... So, Chris, so did you come to Chemeketa in 2014 or you became associated with the planetarium in 2014? So I became associated with the planetarium in 2014. Uh, I actually started teaching at Chemeketa back in 2013 and mm. knew that there was a planetarium only because I came to our planetarium as, I think, a fifth grader. No kidding. Um, wow. Yeah, that that kind of broke my predecessor's mind a little bit when I said, I'm pretty sure you gave me a planetarium show about 20 years ago. And that he said, is crazy. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, um, so I've been, I've been teaching here the entire time as well as uh, taking care of the planetarium starting in 2014. So tell us about your journey into... Space. Astron into space. Well <laughs> yeah. said, Les. Um, so my journey is really kind of circuitous, <laughs> as many journeys are. Um, so, you know, you'd think like, oh, coming and seeing a planetarium as an impressionable youth, I must have loved space ever since then. And the answer is no. Uh, I actually did not did not have a lot of interest in space. And I blame growing up in the Limit Valley on that. You don't get to see the night sky very often. Huh. And so after I graduated okay. from high school, I thought, well, I like physics. I'll do physics. And that was the kind of beginning and the end of that thought process. <laughs> um, while I was studying physics, I needed money. So I started working for the physics department and they stuck me in an astronomy lab and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn this stuff and then teach it to other people. And, and where was this? <laughs> this was at Oregon State University. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. And I ended up really liking it. And that's where I also kind of learned that I wanted to be a teacher. I really enjoyed helping people understand these really kind of crazy concepts, like what's going on out there? 
And so I worked at Costco Wholesale for about a year to make some money. And then after graduating, uh, applied for astronomy graduate school, school at Boston University. Oh. Wow. So I was working towards my PhD and then learned that I don't really like doing research. I like talking about astronomy to people. And so I actually dropped out of my program to move back to Oregon and started teaching physics and astronomy until I landed here. So, nice. you know, I'm just going to share a little something. Uh, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, but the only course that I have ever flunked was a space physics course. <laughs> it was called Stars, Galaxies, and the Cosmos. And I thought it was the solar system, which oh. apparently is a lot easier than the stars, galaxies, and the cosmos. And I also did something that no student out there should ever do. I came in in the third week. So I yep. missed the first two weeks. In other words, I didn't have a strong start, and there was no way. And I took it pass-fail, and I failed it. <laughs> so um, uh, notwithstanding that, um, I always was really interested in, you know, being able to see the stars. I grew up in Texas, so we were able to to get tremendous views. My dad had this massive telescope, and it oh, was nice. really, really exciting stuff. But you're right. It's hard to see here. So uh, if, if you go to the planetarium show, the Friday night show at 730. At 730. You know, um, you're not actually seeing the night sky. You're seeing a projection of the night sky. Does it change the way the the, the stars change as, as our planet moves? Yeah, so that's one of the cool things about our, our projector is that we're able to set it for... Like the actual night. view. This oh, is a, that so is fantastic. You, so it will change slightly from week to week. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. The planets will move more than the stars really shift. But we have all that updated. We have it so that way it is, if, you know, on the odd occasion when it is actually clear after a planetarium show, the goal is that people can walk outside, they can look up, and they can recognize what they're seeing. Sure. So, now, now, do you do you? Is there a part of the show that's kind of a standard, like you talk about just stars in general, and then you, and then you point out different things, you know, that that's being projected, or yeah, because I mean, it, it changes. So then, you know, Orion just went down, so <laughs> we're not talking about Orion, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, like from term to term, uh, the stars definitely change. So the mm -hmm. constellations we point out, but we also have uh, there are three other people who run uh, planetarium shows who are part timers. My predecessor, Tom McDonough, uh, Norm Friedman, and Casey Garcia, who is actually one of my students, who now no also kidding. works in the planetarium, which is very fun for me. And mm. all of us do a little bit of a different thing at the beginning. It's always about, here's what's happening, here's a new cool image, here's something that you may have heard in the news to try and explain. And then we go into our star study, which we all kind of point out different things depending on... Some of us have better eyesight than others. Uh, I have a hard time seeing kind of dimmer constellations, so I just don't bother pointing them out. <laughs> um, and then we go into the show, which is the standard. So every week, yeah. everyone gets the same the same general information. But uh, like I studied the sun, I always talk about what's going on with the sun. Um, you never big stop flare, studying. Big flare going on. Right? Yeah, yeah, it turns out the yeah. sun is very active right mm -hmm. now, and sure. that does a lot of really interesting mm -hmm. things. So I have a question. What are there big things you're talking about the flare, but are there big sort of moments um, happening out in space that would um, that would mean something different, like in terms of a special show? 
uh, in the next few months. That so what a what a beautiful segue that was. <laughs> um, yeah, so in April of 2024, on April 8th, as I look down and check my notes, there's actually going to be another total solar eclipse. And oh, nice. just like awesome. we had, oh, it goes through. It goes through Buffalo and yes, kind of like a center of the U.S. Not news. here. Yeah, you have to travel maybe to Houston. Or, yep. You know. So the unlike back in 2017, where we were so fortunate to be yeah. right in the path of totality, uh, we don't get that this time around. It's going to go through Mexico up like the southeastern United States and mm. then leave, I think, off the coast of Maine. Mm. So we'll still be able to see a partial eclipse. And okay. our, actually our show coming up uh, for the winter term is all about the 2024 eclipse and what no we can expect kidding. to see. Oh, yeah. Um, so that way folks can, you know, get a little bit of that eclipse fever that we experienced yes. back in 2017. Well, I don't want, uh, I, I think that there, there's got to be an opportunity for us to use the verb eclipse. You know, I don't want us to, I can't think of, of a, you know, you've eclipsed me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, less because I'm, I'm what you want to ask going. about is private groups. Let's say I have a private group. Can I book the planetarium? Well, that's and, that's and a good get, question. Right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that we offer um, is that there are private bookings. And those are mostly for uh, private groups, um, almost entirely school groups. Okay. But we actually have some community outreach groups and things like that. We've even had shows where the local uh, retirement community has scheduled a show and then we get a bus of let's say some retired individuals who come and uh, get a planetarium show. So we're able nice. to use those yeah. pretty much whenever during How the much day. it cost? So there it depends on the show. If you want the Friday night show, you get the Friday night cost. Uh, but for school groups, because we want to make sure that we're accessible, um, it's a flat rate below 25 people of $50. Okay. And if it's more than 50 people, or pardon me, 25 people, it's $50. If it's more than 25, then it is $2 per person. Okay. And that's so that way. Think about a big birthday party, maybe. Less. Sure, anything. I actually mean, did a birthday you know. party a, about a year ago, and it was very, very fun. Um, <laughs> turns out, a very excited little girl was very happy to have a birthday party in the planetarium. Well, so that that's. Uh, I'm sorry. Go, go right ahead. So Lush. if uh, if any group. What if a group of 10 people, you know, is there some kind of um, 50 bucks or something like that? Or how does that Yeah, work? so that's yeah. so if it's like 10 people, then because we, you know, we have to fire things up. Yeah, exactly, right. Then it's just a flat fee of $50. Okay, and yeah. It's a deal, Les. I know. I mean, I'll, I'll go by deal. myself, you know. But, Here's but 50 bucks. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Kick, kick up your feet and I'll raise the projection <laughs> for you. And, and you'll have a party that's out of sight. Oh, and, oh God. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, but, she was dying to get but, that in. I, I was. But I will say this. Um, don't we actually also have classes that take place in the planetarium? Yes. So the biggest surprise for when students sign up for my astronomy classes, which are PH 207 in the fall on the solar system, PH 208 in the winter on stars, and PH 209 in the spring on galaxies and cosmology, we actually have our classes in the planetarium. So <laughs> students will sometimes email me saying, where is building two room 171? What is that? And I'll say, it's a planetarium. And they'll say, we have a planetarium? And I say, yes, it's near the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, and so when students come in to take those classes, they sit in the planetarium. I use all of the projectors as needed. And the most common issue when students are not maybe understanding something or they're having a hard time visualizing it, I will run from the front where I teach to the back where I control the planetarium, and I'll just bring up the stars and show them that way. Here's what I mean. Here's what we're looking at. 
And it's just an absolutely amazing teaching tool that way. Chris, this is an opportunity for me to, t- to uh, you know, rewrite history and get that F off my transcript. Don't you think? It's true. I could, um, I could take your course, right? 100%. And see, and, I mean, I, I think this is incredibly exciting. And I would also say, you know, so are these, I assume that these classes are for students who don't necessarily major in astronomy. Yes, unfortunately, there's only one University of all of Oregon that has an astronomy program. So this is, as I like to tell people, it's descriptive astronomy. We're not digging into the math. We're not diving into the super detail. We're just looking at pretty pictures and trying to understand what they can tell us about the cosmos. So yes, they are gear- they are really geared for non-science uh, students. Um, so that way people are not overly intimidated and then they can just learn to kind of love the complexity of our existence and the universe. And it's something I absolutely love to do. That sounds like exactly what the doctor ordered. Chris, so exciting to talk to you and learn a little bit more about this hidden gem, I would say, in our community. Um, And I know the shows are super engaging, very, very popular. I really appreciate you stopping by and providing our listeners with so many details. And man, hopefully people will sign up for your classes too, like maybe me. That just sounds fantastic. (laughs) Um, So I, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you both so much. Really appreciate it. And and for our listeners, if you want to know about what you've just heard, you want to hear more, be sure to email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. Again, that email address is chatter at chemeketa.edu. And I have to say the discussion today was personally really fascinating, and I do hate to see it end. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Tune in next time. Same chat time, same chat channel for Chatting with Chemeketa. I'm Les Wilgus. And I'm Jessica Howard. Bye. Bye.